Welcome to the Intersecting Us podcast, where math and life intersect. In today's episode, Brian and Dave talk beyond the numbers, the role of imagination in problem solving. Here, Brian and Dave discuss the comfort of belief and explore the better place. This is Dave and Brian with the Intersecting Us podcast. We're uh, going uh, a little dive a little deeper into some uh, metaphysics, a nice word that just kind of means a study of reality and the, what is real. <laughs> We've been talking about uh, on some of our podcasts about non-physical things. This is kind of from a philosophical standpoint. As Dave knows, I can ramble about this for a long I shouldn't say ramble. That's probably bad. I could talk about this very intelligently for a long time. Uh, because it, it, I think it has meaning. It does give, we're, we're trying to look for truth to some extent, but last podcast, we were kind of looking at some imagining, uh, um, imagination in math. Uh, you're going to have to use some imagination here too, because it's, it's non-physical. So we've talked about the possibility, nice, nice philosophical word of us existing not just as physical beings, but as non-physical beings, some sort of a dualistic way of looking at of humanity. Just the possibility. We don't need to get really farther than that. So now we're going to go down there. So we all have been to funerals, I think. I actually have been to three in the last four weeks. So uh, it, maybe that's why I think about this stuff so much. But you hear this term, and it doesn't always matter what type of ideology or theology people have. They say, well, they're in a better place. You know, you hear that. And, and I think that's supposed to give comfort. And some people really, really believe that. And some people just maybe say it to give the comfort. But the question I, and I'll ask this to, to you, Dave, if you want to uh, at least start us off here with trying to, uh, and again, I really think there's no right answer here. I mean, it's, it's your opinion. But when, I'm not really talking about the psychology of why somebody says that, but if they're saying that, where is this better place? And and what do you? You can either talk about what you think they think, or what you think, or both. Either way, I, I uh, go for it. Well, I think a lot depends on who you hang out with. A lot of people I hang out with uh, have the worldview that there's life after this world. And so I think that that's what those people are thinking about is uh, specifically referring to a place after this world. If you want to think of it as heaven, that could be a name you give to it. But that's just because I'm hanging around with a lot of those people. But I think we all kind of like to hope that there is something after this life. And we recognize that there is great sorrow and loss when someone leaves. And so if we can offer someone hope, you know, that that's something that we, we do. And so I think maybe that's one of the things that they're trying to do is, is offer hope. And so maybe it's a combination of those two is uh, positive hope, or it's actually thinking about maybe that there actually is another place. So I'm not quite sure you asked me that question. That was the first thing that came to mind that may or may not be what you're looking for. Well, no, that's fine. And just take that a little further, maybe. And uh, if, if, you know, I always do this in, in, if I'm teaching anything like these types of things, it's if someone asks you this question, what would you say? You know, you know that's always a good way to teach, I think, in, in some ways, because if I if, if you if you kind of get the material in your mind, that's one thing. But if I have to 
be able to answer somebody else's question about the material that I have known a little bit more. And so that's, I always try to use that. It's kind of a primal platonic way of doing it. But anyway, so, 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 so Shay, you're, you're at one of these funerals and, and yeah, you maybe you having that discussion. And so, and then somebody says, well, where are they? I mean, cause you know, you, you go to, you know, and I know a lot of people get cremated now, but let's just, just go with the normal embalming. So you might even have an open casket there, you know, some assembly to their physical form that now is, doesn't have any, any life force in it or however you want to put that is there. But if there's a non-physical part, they're in a better place. You know, the assumption will go with that. If somebody said to you, Dave, well, where are they? Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say? I mean, yeah. Well, normally that question would probably catch me off guard, but actually I was thinking about that a little bit today because I, I didn't tell you this, Brian, but today is uh, uh, 19 years ago, my mom passed away. And so uh, I uh, was thinking about that. I sent a, a message to my dad. I let him know I was thinking about him and, and uh, celebrating my mom's life, who we thought lived a really a well-lived life worth celebrating. And then I uh, also then I thought, well, I'll, I'll share this with my siblings as well, because I wanted to acknowledge their thoughts that they're doing. But I kind of thought about it at that time. It's like, well, what? What is my mom doing right now? You know, where is she? Uh, And so I didn't really have a good answer to that. You know, on one hand, I would love it if she was, you know, with me. That would make me feel good. But maybe a little bit of it's a little creepy, too, because, you know, um, is she watching me while I'm in the shower or something like that? Um, So I I don't know. I really uh, I. I don't think too heavily about it because some of it is beyond what my mind can comprehend. But what I I guess what I believe is that I'm going to see her after I die. And that's really the, the thing that I'm looking forward to and whether or not she is aware of what I'm doing now. I'm not really, I, I don't know if I even have a good guess as to what that answer would be. Yeah, and I think that's that's good. I like the way you kind of put that in. And that's what you always want people to do, uh, even if we got we get in some chats about this with folks listening. It's just you know just start thinking about what what is it you're because th- it came down to the relationship that really is what you really came down to. I mean, which which is the most important thing I think because it's not you know I think a lot of times it's even in in our life now it's always good to have fun. There's certain things some of us like to do that uh, uh, other people like to do. And it's nice to do those things together, but that's the key, isn't it? It's, it? Yeah. There's things we can do on our own that gives us some joy, but a lot of times it's not so much what we do, it's who we do it with, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when that ceases, uh, and it certainly does stop, I mean, nobody, no, that's, that's very empirical uh, that uh, our life, our physical life uh, has, has an ending. Uh, that's fairly well proven. Uh, so these these are why we come up with this, because what happens when you think about the non-physical, which if you remember way back in our first podcast or second, and in some of our videos, we talk about just the possibility of a non-physical portion of ourselves and, you know, thinking about the mind and the soul and all those types of things. And there's obviously there's a lot of different uh, philosophies and ideologies that believe that they have different ways of looking at it. But it almost seems like it's implied in our culture 
There's certainly some who don't, and and certainly you know, maybe they're right. I don't know, but they they uh, it's it's implied in uh, all kinds of uh, literature and art and. And some of it's kind of creepy, like you said. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, really, I uh, I don't know if this is going to happen for the for eternity. But uh, I was thinking of a movie <laughs> that seems to be kind of a common thread in my uh, the ways you think. Because I, I think that's because again, movies are very much kind of the literature of our time and help us process things and think about the same things we're, we're talking about. Um, and the one that came to mind was was kind of one of those. This was back a long time. It kind of dates me a little bit, but it was called Poltergeist. And there was this little girl who had crossed over into some sort of other place, you know, other dimension or something. And and it was scary. I mean, I'm, I'm I I mentioned the movie Contact a few podcasts ago. I think you should see that one. Poltergeist, yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> read the book or whatever. I wouldn't watch the movie. It really wasn't. It was, if you want to get scared, I guess, which I never have understood the, the rationale there, but that's a, another discussion. But I, I think the idea, they were trying to figure out, you know, location, you know, and in that movie. And I think that's where I'm coming back here. If we can, if we can step back, because I hope for each one listening, it certainly is it's true, uh, certainly for Dave here and for me. You certainly, I mean, this gets emotional. I mean, it's, it, you don't just want to, you know, it's not just talking about, well, I wonder how this works at all. I mean, it, there's there's obviously the relationship and the love and the care and all that, too. But if we step it back a little bit to the math side of things and looking at this in, in, in that way, how can we conceive of this? Uh, and I thought maybe, Dave, you could talk about that a little bit, maybe go down that primrose path of dimension, because I do think maybe, and, and, and if you define it, I won't worry about it, but maybe the way that we define dimension here, when we're talking about this other place, poltergeisty place, and the way we define dimension in in math may be different, but um, if, if you kind of maybe talk a little bit about dimension in math, we can see if there's some crossover to help us think through the other one. Next, Brian and Dave move on to Dimensions Beyond the Ordinary, Einstein's Fourth Dimension. I'm not uh, a physicist, and so this is uh, outside of my expertise, but one of the things I've been listening quite a bit about is people trying to talk about dimension from a physicist perspective. And and one of the things uh, you can talk about is when Einstein identified basically that time is a fourth dimension. And so we think of our space as three dimension up, down and, you know, across up, down, left, right and forward, backwards. So those are the three dimensions. But then thinking of time as a fourth dimension, as an actuary, that's actually pretty easy to do because we put time on a timeline. And so if I just think about it, that perspective, it seems extremely easy because that's what I've been trained to do. But if I start thinking about time, like it's just another dimension, just like space that all four of those are very similar in concept that one requires a lot of thinking to get your mind around that that is actually part of reality and i was listening to a podcast and a guy was talking about the reason why we have a difficult time thinking of space 
as just a fourth dimension that is just like that time is another dimension, just like space, that those are four common dimensions, is that we do not move at the speed of light. No. And, yeah. I, you know, he, he spent a whole half an hour talking about it. So, you know, it takes a while to kind of go down that road and hear what he's talking about. But the the short end of it all was that if we were moving at the speed of light, then we would have a better ability to recognize time as another dimension very similar to the three dimensions of space that all four of those would appear much more the same than they do different and so that's kind of blew my mind and you know i find that very fascinating even though i don't understand it but to me, I, you know, I, we talk a lot about exploring in you know, the last podcast. We talked about imagination. Well, that requires imagination to think about that. But I welcome those uh, bold ideas to think about because I really believe this world is a truly amazing place that we've lived in. And we've been given this gift of life. It's a mystery. And yet... There are things that we are able to understand. And if we look over time, our, the human race is gradually learning more and more about how this world comes together. And that, that is truly fascinating that we've had this ability to gain knowledge about the wonderful aspect of this world. And so, you know, to me, this is part of this bigger idea of like understanding dimensions and so when you come back to the question about like, okay, what, what could the dimension be of like afterlife? I'm already kind of in this mindset of there's things out there that experts are saying is true that I don't quite understand, but I'm excited to learn. And so when I think about the afterlife in the dimension, I approach that really with a lot of curiosity and hope and imagination and not with fear because even though I don't know it, it's not something I fear. And so, you know, I'm, I'm open to ideas on what that looks like, but I'm confident it's not going to be what this world that we think of is like when we just think of our three dimensional world um, right now that we can see. Yeah. And I, as you were talking, I, I do think and that's where I started the question. I do almost think, and I don't have a dictionary in front of me, I, but, but, you know, when we think of dimension, most of the time we're thinking about almost, it's, it's almost a synonym for direction. I mean, not quite obviously mm-hmm. time, but you know, just, it, it is in the, in the, you know, the ones you used. I think the word, uh, and I don't know what the word would be, but it's the idea of, because is it a category error? I think when we're thinking about non-physical things, you know, for instance, you know, I, and I, I, I actually read this just a week ago. I was Googling something else and this came up. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And it was, uh, I think it was back in the early 1900s, over a hundred years ago. Uh, one uh, doctor scientist had uh, decided to do a study on how much he was trying to, trying to head up hypothesis that there was some sort of a weight to not uh, the, the, the soul, which is an interesting thing to think of. And, and we'll talk about whether that's a category or not, but he came up and I think there was a movie or a book or something written or a play, 
he came up with the average was 21 grams. <laughs> 21 grams, that there was a difference in 21 grams on average from somebody who was alive and then, then you know, however long it was, they died, you know, I mean, within minutes, you know. Now, that's not a lot, but, and 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 it was interesting, just, I guess my first inclination was not just humor. I mean, even though I'm laughing now, I mean, I thought he really was trying to do a, a service to it, but I did step back and think, when you're thinking about a non-physical thing, it probably doesn't have weight, would it? I mean, it, it would be, and and when I'm so I, I go back to the dimension, and it almost is like I, I, I was a comic book nut uh, back when I was a kid. Uh, Spider Man was my favorite. I remember, uh, and so I've enjoyed some of the stuff they've done lately with with those, you know, with all the CGI they have. But I remember one of them was kind of a, and I think they used the word dimension. But it was like, I can't remember which superhero. I think it was Superman. I can't remember. But and I know that's the wrong universe. But uh, he came into another dimension and he was a different. He was still Superman, but it was a whole different set of rules, you know, and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so this is the question that came to mind. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to get people to, you know, if you're driving your car, don't get too carried away with this. But uh if something's non-physical, we're talking about where it is. That's the question I ask. Where does this, where, where do these people who die exist? You know, again, all hypothesizing that this is what happens. Well, if they were right beside you, would you even know it? Or, or could they take up the same space that we do because they're not physical? You know what I mean? I mean, it seems it's like, are we, are, is it a category error is what I'm saying. I do think, I think one of the astronauts, we had two different ways of looking at it, and I don't remember the name, so I'm not going to try to butcher that. But I know one of the early astronauts looked out, and I don't know if it was the moon landing jet, but they looked out into space and just said, you know, what a beautiful, how God has created such a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And then I think later, I don't know if it was American, Russia, some, some one of them said, yeah, I went up there. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. You know, that was that was anything. You know, they did. They saw the same thing, but they had completely different conclusions. You know, uh, about not seeing anything that was, you know, non physical or or make them think of those types of spiritual things. And so, I think that's interesting because you know I would assume we would all, no matter what, if you're a theologian or a, or an atheist, you know, we would assume that if we got on one of these rockets you can now if you have enough money get on that you're not going to find your mom out there you know or, or mine because she passed away quite a few years back too i mean that we wouldn't even i mean if i had enough money to get on one of these rockets that you can these private rockets i wouldn't think well i want to get on there because i want to say hi to mom <laughs> you know you know that's a category error you know so i i think again we come back to the non-physical part, and and I've been trying to hit this a lot on this side of things, on the life side of things, and it really fits into last week's, I think. Can you imagine this existing? You know? mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll ask you that. I, I think I know the answer, but I think it, then you could talk a little bit about what you're imagining when you do that. But can you imagine of this other, and, and I, maybe in future podcasts, I'll come up with a different, a, a non-physical place that we don't, physically have access to right now for whatever reason. Can you imagine such a place? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I certainly can. And part of what helps stretch that imagination for me 
is uh, one of the things I try to do on a weekly basis is I worship. And so yesterday was Sunday and I worshiped at my local congregation. And uh, one of the things that I think about when I'm worshiping is, you know, who I'm worshiping to. But then I'm also thinking about part of my faith belief is that worshiping is going to be something that we're going to experience in the afterlife. And then that's going to be like a joyful exercise that we'll be doing. And so I kind of have in my routine, like on a weekly basis, at least once where I'm actually physically doing something that I'm thinking about, I'm going to be doing in the afterlife. Of course, that's all this is based on my faith. And so it's, uh, it's not like this is something Einstein can prove, but it is a reality of how I live my life. And it is something that I believe is, you know, uh, preparing me for that next step in life is to begin that worship time. And so to me, it it's, um, takes these high and mighty ideas and really brings them into something concrete because it's something I'm actually doing and thinking about on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I think that's a good, good way to put it because we, when you're in math, science, certainly, and I think even philosophical things, you, you are looking for evidence of truth. I mean, you're looking for truth. So it would be wrong, I think, to believe that, you know, the earth or the moon is made of green cheese. We don't have evidence of that. Uh, we have evidence of lots of things. And, and, and when you but back, you know, to the math of, of last week, you know, imagining different ways to do the same problem. Or if you don't know how to solve, you know, there has been in the past, there's been problems there, you know, equations people can't see, you know, trying to figure out different types of things, whether it's in science or in math, and you try things and, and you, you get them wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. But again, you have to imagine first mm -hmm. uh, before you have to imagine the wrong things and, and try those before you can get the right one. But again, it's, it's I think, I hope what we're about, certainly, uh, as one of our key tenants is looking for truth. I do believe that it makes sense, more sense to think that there might be more truth than just physical. I mean, there's certainly people believe that. I don't think their premises are really good uh, because it leaves something out uh, about about truth. And you, and you use the word faith or, you know, what you could use the word trust, you know, you shouldn't trust something that you don't have any evidence to trust. You know, that's the thing that we get in trouble with. Um, if you're trusting something you know, I don't know. I've tried to think of an analogy. It's it's like, well, if you, somebody uses all the math in the world and comes up with a really fast rail car, um, you can, you know, go 400 miles an hour down the eastern coast and you look at the math and you look at the, the engineering and the sheer strength and all, you're like, you know, I think this works. Uh, I really, I think this will work. And then it's like, okay, get on the train. Well, now that's a level of trust. You know, it's like, if you want to get on the train, I can believe it, but I'm going to get on the train, you know, and that kind of back to what you were worried about. What do you do in your daily life? That's when you get into how much you trust something. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're going, if it, if it changes the way you actually look at life, then, then trust is getting at a higher level. And it always comes from evidence, you know, mm -hmm. uh, any, philosophical, theological, ideological system uh, should have some evidence or it just shouldn't be followed. I mean, it may not all the evidence. I mean, you still have to trust some things. 
Right. Uh, we're at that level of quantum physics, you know, uh, uh-huh. we don't really, we trust some of it, but we don't understand it all yet. That, that reminds me of the quote from Einstein that I think about. And he says, the most incomprehensible thing about the world is that it is comprehensible. And so the idea is, uh, you know, I can sit here and imagine things about math. I can put together some ideas and then to find out later that those ideas that are floating around in my head actually appear in the real world. I think that's kind of like what Einstein's talking about is that those are two different worlds, though. The one that we are imagining and then the physical world we are living. And there's this surprising connection between those two that somehow we as humans are wired to be able to think something that happens to connect to the real world. Now, of course, we can think things that are illogical that don't show up. And, you know, that that, of course, is going to happen. But the things that we think about that actually are logical to find out that that shows up in the real world is not immediately obvious. In fact, it's a it's a surprise for those people who are on the frontier of discovering things that when they first find something out and they were imagining in their head and then to see that later, oh, this shows up in the real world. What what a surprise. And so it gives us this confidence, I guess I'm trying to say that our imagination is something that is a good thing, that we should continue to work on our imagination. And it's a way for us to see things that we couldn't have seen before. Dave and Brian end the podcast discussing the intersection of desires and reality. Yeah, and I one thing, the whole key to this is you, you, you may be thinking about, well, why are we talking about this type of stuff? I mean, I think it's good to get our minds working on it. Oh, you're still looking for truth. I think it does give us some joy. I don't think it's only because, you know, we like it. Uh, uh, I don't think that's a defeater of everything. I mean, you know, people can say, well, you like that. That's why you believe it. It's like, well, but, you know, because I like it doesn't mean it's wrong. I like banana splits and they exist. So um, I, 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 th- I don't think that's a defeater. It could be if it, if it doesn't make sense. But why are we talking about, well, this is we've been talking about eternity. And if you're just, you know, in math, that's easy. We're back to infinity. That's, that's, that's an easy concept to accept. Nobody really argues about that. The numbers themselves obviously present themselves. But when it comes to eternity, when we're in a physical existence that we all know, we all end up going kind of back to the beginning of this podcast. We know there is mortality for us as as living beings. This gives us an option, another uh, way of thinking about us as being eternal. You know, when we're mm-hmm. talking about uh, the, 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 the a non-physical place where the natural deterioration uh, entropy of, of both physical things and us as one of those physical things, that those rules don't no longer apply. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have, you wouldn't have physical deterioration if you're not physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wouldn't make sense. So whether you believe it or not, uh, which is important, I'm not saying that's not important. Thinking about it is logical, I think, and imagining it as a possibility 
is is good and everybody can imagine it that's the thing somehow within our physical makeup that seems to have some non-physical qualities to it we're able to think about everybody can think about it they might not believe it but you mm-hmm. can think about it. and that doesn't make it true i realize you know mm-hmm. I, i'm sure there's things we could imagine that aren't true but it doesn't make it untrue either and i mm-hmm. think that's the key it's the let's keep probing let's keep thinking about those things and then you get past just the kind of mundane and you start getting into the words we've been talking about truth certainly but beauty and things like love uh, and mm-hmm. things like meaning and things like purpose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these are questions people have asked for a long time and and that's kind of what we're probing just kind of from a conceptual way uh which i think is kind of fun it makes life have some meaning and and it says hey boy if there's even a chance that there's meaning beyond this life i'm going to look into it and start thinking about it a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah you know one of the things i've kind of thought about uh who we are is intersecting us and so you know uh, if you think about uh, a singularity, uh, the the one thing is us. So we are human beings. So we, we've got that in common. And then you move up like a tree to two things. Uh, we're going to talk about life and math. And then from there, there's really three things that Brian and I, you, you, we've kind of identified are foundational things that we want to continue to to talk about and you've alluded to them here in the last couple of minutes that i want to highlight uh one of them is joy uh the second one is beauty and then the third one is truth and so those are three things that intersecting us is all about is we want to look at life and math and uncover the joy the beauty and the truth where those two topics intersect. So that that's kind of where, where we're at. And uh, I know we're probably wrapping up here, but I, I had maybe two things I want to say, and I'll try to say them really quickly. But one thing is I know that probably some of you have been given things about the afterlife where you feel like they've been probably like hammered down your throat, <laughs> to say it bluntly, and they were not encouraging you to think about things and to me, that is not healthy and that is not good. And and, um, and if you are, I guess, struggling even be able to talk about these things because things have been approached to you in an improper way in the past, you know, I, I just kind of want to apologize for that and tell you that we um, we want to respect your thoughts and we invite you to bring your mind with us and uh and to really think about these important things without us telling you like what we think is the right answer, because that's, that's not the purpose of it. But then the second thing I was going to share is that I know a couple of weeks ago, Brian, you shared a little bit about your journey and, and you know, how your wife passed away a couple of years ago. It's what over two years now, three. Yeah. Three years in October, three years in October. So, one of the things I, as your friend going through life together, I really witnessed was that, uh, you know, it was a difficult period, obviously, her having cancer and everything. Uh, you have kids, you have grandkids. And so there's a lot of sorrow and to seeing uh, a loved one uh, leave this earth at an early age. And, uh, you know, there's um, a lot of things that could happen emotionally at that time that are very understandable it would be natural to be angry because you're thinking 
well, you know, she, she's a good person. Why isn't she here with us longer? Why does she have to leave sooner? You know, there's all those things that could happen uh, that I think would be very uh, logical even. But one of the things I really watched you and your family was how you guys, I never heard any of that. All, all I heard was, you know, how you were thankful for every day you had and that uh, you are confident that she's going to be in a better place. And so all these things we're talking about, I know you've lived in the midst of really difficult storms. And and so your, your kind of faith was tested in a way that uh, was very real. And the impact that it has on other people who know you uh, is really tremendous. And so, like you said, is like we're not saying any of those things are true, but you know, I can, I guess, testify that things we're talking about has allowed us to go through the storms of life in a way that we find gives us hope in the midst of those storms. Yeah, and I think, uh, thanks for that. I, I do think that is it. You know, my thought has always been that I know what I want to be true, but a lot of times in our own lives and just in physical life, it doesn't work that way. So then you 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 have to adjust, you know. But when when your desire and what you want to be true and what is actually true starts to cross over, that's when that's when the joy starts to come, I think. And that's what we're hoping everybody kind of thinks about that. The fact, in my opinion, the fact that you can think about yourself existing eternally, we can think about space, time, matter existing eternally in in a different way, maybe than than the physical universe we're in. I think that gives us some hope. We might as well dive in and see if this is true. If it lines up with our desires, great. You know, if it doesn't, we we probably have to reassess our desires. But uh, not looking toward it and just making a universal negative about it, I think is just, well, it's foolish at a scientific level. It's foolish at a, an ideological level. And it's foolish at a math level. And, you know, I don't think that makes any sense that we're, let's look for truth. Because I think we've seen that in so many parts of life and history that uh, those who look for truth truly are looking for what is true. When they find it, that's when the beauty and the joy kind of all kind of come together. So that's that's what we're finding here. So, so yeah, we went a lot longer on this one, but I think it was good. It's it, these are things that I hope that uh, you know touch your mind certainly, maybe your heart a little bit. And we'd love to inter- interact with you on our website or uh, at YouTube, however you want to do that. Uh, this is uh, Dave and Brian with Intersecting Us, uh, trying to uh, look at the beauty and the truth and certainly the joy of both math and life. the Intersecting Us podcast. To further engage with Intersecting Us, go to intersectingus.com.